0: stop it never rains at Austin stadium
1: hey happy wednesday everyone and welcome back to it never rains a podcast about the oregon ducks and we are in the middle of basketball season now so this is probably a bit of a basketball heavy podcast moving forward for the next couple months i'm tyson alder here i am joined by aaron fentress how you doing my man
0: sound like you have to think about that for a second i'm joined by uh who's with me today
1: well i was trying to think of like in the, in, in the in the realm of uh anybody that i could have on this show it's uh it's pretty much just you wow. and uh and you in it, it you know it ex- excited me it's, 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 it's early this That's morning
0: <laughs> me and griffey right
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i'm still i'm still waiting on cameron to book us ken griffey and uh you know we'll we'll <laughs> we'll see if he can exercise those powers anytime soon <laughs> Uh, how are you doing today, man?
0: I'm doing pretty well.
1: This is a uh, uh, this. Uh, it's a weird week. Yeah, I was about I was about, I was about to say like this week is kind of taken, um, obviously a, a much different turn than I think uh, anybody anticipated with uh, with the death of Kobe Bryant, and I, I think that um, you know not only does that overhang nationally as you've seen with uh, the the TV broadcasts and the tributes on at NBA games and and you know this was a big topic at the Super Bowl but um it's obviously something that hits home at Oregon as well too with uh you know some of the relationships that he had at the university and and Nike and everything and so um yeah it's it's uh, uh definitely uh an an odd week and, and one, one of the more kind of uh odd sports weeks that I've experienced uh, um ever I think
0: yeah I, I... I spent some time and I saw other people on TV spending some time trying to think of, like, you know, the equivalents um, in in sports history. And it's tough. Like, there's been some people who have passed away, obviously, younger while they're still playing, but no one really on the level of what Kobe was. Uh, and then the way it happened, you know, yeah. it's one thing the, you know, if a disease comes along or you know, whatever, but something as just like sudden as that. And it's, it's a, I mean, I hate to say it's unprecedented because I'd have to like literally think about it, but no one that I've watched or listened to has come up with anything close to it. And then what, what fascinates me about things like this is that like I sat there and I thought, why, like, why do so many people feel so connected to something or someone that they've never met? And it's just, a, it's always been a bizarre thing. Even when Michael Jackson died, like I was a wreck for like three weeks. Why? I never met the guy. I listened to his music. It's just, it's, a, it's weird how people can, through, some, through their activity, through something that entertains us, can then almost be viewed as a close friend or family right. member. Right. I, I mourn them. Like, it's just bizarre.
1: I, I think for me, like one of the things is because I, I grew up in kind of the Kobe era, like when I was uh, in middle school, high school, like Kobe was, uh, you know, it was the ta- uh, his era kind of transitioning into the LeBron era. And he was probably uh, during, you know, my formative years, probably the most famous athlete on the planet. I mean, he that that's right when the internet was coming along. So they had all his like YouTube highlights and mixtapes. I mean, he was on Sports Center. I mean, the, the Lakers of the 2000s were the, the most famous team in probably the world at the time. And so I think, um, you know, kind of what you were touching on of just like how, how you can impact so I mean, have an effect on so many people. Well, I mean, I, there probably wasn't a day that I went by when I was younger, where you just didn't see Kobe's face somewhere and, you know, and it was right. always in, in such a, uh, kind of a youthful, um, you know, dominating style of, 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 of living that it's, it's, it's pretty shocking for, for something to, to happen, um. In, in that manner and and one one thing that uh I was was thinking about a couple of days ago and, and Shaq brought it up last night on the inside the NBA preview is um it's a, a kind of unprecedented unprecedented in the NBA like all all the NBA's stars and legends are still alive pretty much outside of Wilt Chamberlain um you know it's it's a league where you're used to being able to see you know, Players get old and reflect on the new generation and welcome them in and kind of serve as old ambassadors. And um, you just you don't see players in the NBA leave early, and and so it's it's a pretty kind of drastic and, and shocking week. Oh,
0: that's, that's a good point. I'm I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain right now, I'm trying to think of anyone who's on the top fifty team, uh, who's on the more. I think they did a the top seventy five team. I can't think of anyone who passed away, you know, young like that. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy, and
1: and obviously where it hits hits with Oregon, um, you saw it on Sunday. Uh, Sabrina Unescu, uh, she had a um, you know quite the relationship with uh, Kobe and his, his daughter Gianna. Um, she looked up to Sabrina as a basketball player, and. Um, I mean they they found out probably about thirty minutes before tip of, of what was expected to be kind of the the biggest game of the year to date. You know, you're playing you're playing Oregon State in Corvallis. Um that group of seniors have never won in Corvallis. Um I was at the game Friday night and you could just tell like the focus that they had going into that game and and being able to, you know, have news like that break right before and then still have to go out there and play. Um you know, it was it, – I, I wasn't there on Sunday. Uh, I, I kind of wish I was in retrospect, but, I mean, obviously you had no idea that something like that would happen. But um, um, the the fact that uh, Sabrina was able to go out there and put not just her, but the whole team. I mean, everyone in the basketball community was affected by that, but her especially um, to be able to go out there and, and, and have a, a game like she did and for Oregon to win that game was uh, – um, you know probably one of those those games in a seasons that you're you're not going to forget for quite some time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she seemed absolutely des- devastated in the, the video I saw of her. Um there was some talk, you know, on Twitter, hey, they just just canceled the game and like, you know, <laughs> that's easier said than done. I think it's it's better to play and I think looking back for her, she'll probably be like, "Well, you know, I played for Kobe," as she said after the game. Um but yeah, they, they clearly were impacted and it was, it was, it was sad. It's, I, I'm more sad watching people impacted by right. it than I am sad myself. Cause I, I, you made a great <clears throat> point about the generational differences. Like for me, when Walter Payton passed, I was like, I, I remember saying to my wife, he can't like, he can't die. It was just unbelievable to me that he could be dead cause he came along when I was seven. <laughs> right. So I followed him from seven through, he retired when I was a, a freshman in the, freshman or sophomore year in college was his final game so like those are like the years like when you're like oh my god this is my version of what Griffey was for you and Kobe et cetera et cetera um, but then watching so many people in their reaction, Shaq's reaction the other day was just devastating it was, and, and then for me probably what hit more was the whole daddy daughter aspect because right. I have a little girl well, she's not living anymore, she's 15, but, and she plays basketball, and we always go play basketball together, and then just thinking of it in that context, and that impacted her, too, like, she, she put all that together, and we were in the car driving back, we went over to Sunset Athletic Club and and did some hoops workouts that day, and uh, we were driving home, and it, like, she, like, put it all together, and she, like, basically started crying in the car, and I go, are you okay? She goes, I don't want to talk about it, I don't want to talk about it, but she totally felt bad for, you know, the girl, and, and that she was going, going somewhere with her dad to play basketball. And it really, it really crushed her at that
1: moment. Well, yeah, I I think that's why it's, it's kind of a death that's resonated so much because, you know, it, it can mean a lot for, you know, the people who are just strict basketball fans and, and love watching Kobe highlights. But, you know, I, I think people can, um, you know, take aspects of that and apply them to, to their own relationships. You know, I, I saw a, a lot of the, the, you know, I'm not, I'm not a dad, but I saw that, the, you know, the, the, the girl dad thing, it's going around, um, you know, the internet pr- pretty uh, heavily right now and it's, it's, it's impactful. And I think everyone can, you know, that's what we use pro sport- sports for anyways, is to kind of like, uh, you know, relate to things and, and, and being able to kind of live vicariously through that. And, uh, you know, for, a, for a dad and daughter to, to be gone that quickly, it's, it's obviously devastating. And, uh, um, you know, w- one of my memories of of Kobe was it was at the Final Four when Oregon went there, and I you know I obviously didn't meet him, but we we got to talk to the Ducks the day after Kobe. I mean, a little bit after, a yeah, little that. bit after Kobe showed up, and like, man, you could just tell like something that special had happened for those players. And you can go back and watch the video of of Jordan Bell getting up to get jumping out of his seat to go shake his hand and everything. Like, you know that that guy had, pro, you know probably more impact of showing up into a room with basketball players than anybody other than probably Jordan. Now, you know, he's just kind of had that, that sort of a uh, uh, impact on, on, on this generation. So, um,
0: yeah, I, I remember that they were so awestruck, you know, like all of them. It was, it was so, it was so cute. Like <laughs> as I get older, it goes from being cool to me being cute. Cause I look at them more as kids, right? Uh, which is a, one of the disconnects I think I have with some of the fans is that I don't, I don't adore or worship these. Like, they're little kids to me because I have a son older than every last duck player. Um, but they were just so cute. Like, I remember um, Dorsey especially just had this grin on his face. Like, oh my God, I I, I met Kobe Bryant. <laughs> like, how did that happen? What's what's happening? Oh my God, oh my God. Um, another aspect of this too uh, is um, the father, mother, and sister of former Oregon baseball player J.J. Altabelli passed away. And... When it was when they mentioned that name, I was like, "How do I know that name? Right. Like, I know that name." And then someone said, "Oh, he his son played baseball." And then I remember, "Oh my God, I covered the I covered the guy. He played on the early teams that were pretty successful. Yeah, he was an um,
1: awesome shortstop for them.
0: Yeah, on those teams that just dinked and not dinked and dunked uh, sh- a small ball their way. Um, That's ball ball. What am I looking for? Horton That's ball. <laughs> Horton ball. Is it small ball?
1: Let me yes. call him yes. small yes. for yes. just S- 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 Small ball is right.
0: Yeah, okay, small ball. Um, small ball the way. And he was, you know, one of the reasons they were able to pull that off was because of the defense. And he was a really good uh, a defensive player. And um, I was just like, man, it's just, you know, six degrees of separation is one of the more fascinating things to me because it's so true. And there's a situation where, you know, everyone associated with Oregon, you know, was basically – you know, two degrees of separation away from that tragedy right. through Alta or through Sabrina or what have you. And I'm sure there's connections like that all over the world, but that's, you know, that's a sad, a sad loss for uh, a, um, a, a, you know, lifelong member of the Oregon sports community.
1: Most, mo- <clears throat> uh, mo- most definitely. Um well, you know, sports sports still did happen this week. Um it was it was a good week for both basketball teams. Oregon Oregon ended up sweeping Oregon State, um their first win in Corvallis in, in the Sabrina era. It kind of asserts them back as uh uh kind of the dominant force in the Pac twelve, especially coming after off of that win against Stanford uh, uh two weeks ago. And uh, uh, the men's teams back on track too, with a, a pair of wins down uh, or be- beating the the SoCal teams. They they look awfully impressive and, and just kind of thumping uh, UCLA. UCLA is not the best team in the conference, but you know it's it's nice to see a team beat a team that they should by a lot. Um, so yeah, I mean like that we are here through January, a, a month that can kind of like sneak up and and surprise surprise some contenders in the league and uh, organs. Oregon's looking pretty good on both sides of the hardwood here.
0: Were you surprised that Oregon State women didn't put up a better fight in both those games? I mean, they uh, weren't
1: route routes, but Yeah. I w- I w- oh, it, it, it's it's hard for me to gauge because I didn't I I haven't watched, you know, kind of like all four years of that series, but like it it just it just felt like that, um it just felt like the Oregon State didn't have the talent to keep up with some of Oregon's athletes. I mean, obviously Sabrina's uh, something else, but like the the way that like Ruthie Hebert was able to like kind of contend with uh you know uh Oregon State has a pair of like it has a six six and a six four player in the post, and I thought Oregon played well in there and and I th- you know it just it just felt like when you have a team that has like that good of star athletes that really want to win that game uh, and, and that's not to say that Oregon State didn't want to win that game and they have they have a good team too, but i just it just kind of felt like it was their year for it, you know. <clears throat> excuse me
0: yeah I, no i i no i, I agree i, I, I mean, sometimes you get caught up in the rankings especially like i don't i'm not gonna claim to follow women's college basketball that closely i mean yukon I, I, don't they win it every year and before that <laughs> tennessee did they win it every year like that's pretty much my extensive knowledge of women's basketball so when i look at the rankings and i see two teams ranked close together i expect you know i'm, I'm waiting for a buzzer beater um and so Oregon, but yeah, Oregon was just a step above, clearly, and uh, they're just a little bit more athletic, like you said. Yeah. Uh, plus Sabrina seems like she's on a mission. So yeah,
1: it was, it was uh, Friday night. The game in Eugene was honestly, it was it was one of the most crazy basketball atmospheres i've ever been a part of in in since i've started covering oregon i mean it was sold out fans were in their seats about 10 minutes before the game started which if you've been to one of the men's basketball games they do sell out from time to time but it's it's kind of a a, an la type of late arriving crowd um it it, it was sold out yeah it was it was uh sold out from the start that the fans were, were going crazy on every play and then sabrina's just got such a you know, a, a lot of these great athletes have this is just like a flair for the dramatic and being able to hit like a pair of buzzer beaters where everyone knows that she's going to be shooting the ball, and uh, and then to have you know a, a game like she did, um, it's just uh, I, I think that she's she's the most marketable, famous, talented athlete that Oregon has under its umbrella right now. Um, and tickets for that game, in some cases, were selling for in the hundreds of dollars. And uh, yeah, it's it, she, Sabrina's the hottest ticket in you in Eugene right now. And you know, Oregon's got two more months of her, so so certainly enjoy. <laughs> Get NBA expand or WNBA expansion team,
0: give them the number one pick, let them pick Sabrina, and you could uh, you could have something that could you, work. You, you think
1: the WNBA would work in Portland?
0: uh i don't know i it, it came once it was around for a couple right. of years and then it went away um there was a, a, when was that a women's league that had it yeah that was in the early uh, late wait early 2000s i think or late 90s early 2000s 2000 through
1: 2002 yeah
0: yeah early 2000s um and i don't think any of the teams really make money they're subsidized by the NBA team in town, aren't they? I I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Um, But but actually, I got into this with someone on Twitter about this, and they got all offended that I even had the nerve to say that I didn't think it would necessarily work. It was bizarre. It turned into this dumb conversation about, I don't know, it was just weird. But my point was, and these are people who never lived in Portland, my point was that fringe sports leagues, whether it be women's basketball lacrosse, indoor soccer, indoor football. There's been three different indoor football teams in Portland. Um, the minor league teams, the the Beavers, the, the Rockies single-A team that was here for a while, you know, on and on and on, never hit here. And the reason is because this town has never wanted to be a, oh, you won't give us another major pro sports team, but we'll just accept arena football. No, we don't want that. We want the NFL. Right. And I think this is the NFL town. They don't want arena football. And so my thing was that I just, they, they've never worked. The only the only team you can really say that's worked is their Winterhawks, but that's a little different. Yeah, us, us hockey people are crazy no anyway, pay, so. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well,
0: there's no payroll. Right. <clears throat> what, well, what, what are they paying those kids? They're paying them something. It, but it, what it's, is, just like a, it's just a like a
1: stipend, yeah. Yeah, it's pennies. Now, soccer has worked. Um, so, so, so that's, that's where I think, okay, so the last NBA team here folded in, in 2002. Um, so this is nearly, nearly 20 years later. And and you've seen Portland work as a, a women, a major women's sports market. I mean, the, the Portland Thorns right. uh, put 20,000 in that stadium and obviously they're not playing as often as a WNBA team would work. But, um, you know, I think between the success that you've seen of the attendance at the, the um, uh, the Thorns games mixed with, uh, you know, the Ducks and women's basketball program. Like if, if you were to do an expansion and you could just somehow gift wrap them and give them Sabrina, I think it would completely work. But, you know, I think that's also how kind of fickle of the league can be is if, if you don't necessarily have that star right out of the gate, you're probably going to struggle. But right, also exactly. these are two these are two people who don't really know what we're talking about <laughs> talking about with the so. <laughs> I I don't
0: know. And the other thing is there's a difference between succeeding and drawing fans. Because when I covered the the lacrosse, the lumberjacks, they're a professional lacrosse team, they're here I think of two or three years. Um they actually drew like eight to nine thousand. But Did they really? how many of those tickets were giveaways? Yeah. Yeah. But how many of those tickets were giveaways? And then were they, were they getting advertising dollars on top of that? And it was the same thing with the Force Dragons in um, arena football. They actually drew, but, again, there's drawing and then there's getting paying customers. Who's actually, are they paying or just coming? And then are you able to get advertising on top of that and sponsorships and things like that? So I don't know. I mean, I would, I would love to see it. I'd love to take my daughter to those games. That'd be fun. I'm not against the idea. Um, I just have my reservations just because of the history of those types of sports leagues in this town it has not
1: been very favorable. It all comes down to this, Super Bowl 54. Who's going to be hoisting the trophy and spraying champagne when it's all said and done? I think it's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, you know, their season will end on a winning note, and your scan too. This is your last chance to play fantasy football until next season with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. It's simple. Just draft six players from Super Bowl 54, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Get in on Super Bowl 54 action. Download the DraftKings app now and enter code RUN during sign-up. For a limited time, all new users will get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit. That's code RUN, R-U-N, and get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Okay, uh, switching gears just slightly. Um there's, there's been a bit of kind of picking up talk the last couple of weeks um, with his continued strong play that uh, Peyton Pritchard is, uh, uh, you know, it, it felt like, especially coming into this season, it was very much like, ah, you know, he'll probably be playing in Europe somewhere. He works really hard, but, you know, it, it might not happen to – it seems like there's a there's a growing sense that Peyton Pritchard is going to find his way on an NBA roster. Um, he, he's been playing out of his mind the last – what's he here <laughs> – he had 29 against ASU, 22 Washington State, 22 Washington including the buzzer beater. I mean the the long heave, 24 against uh, USC and he only he only had a paltry uh, 19 in the 20 point win over UCLA, but that was with six assists and five rebounds. Uh, he's gotten his three percentage up to 40 41%, which is huge for him after only shooting 33 last year. Um he's not, he's not a guy that I'd bet against. I, you know, I, I think it's a cliche to say that like this guy's one of the hardest workers I've ever seen, but um, Peyton Pritchard lives and breathes this stuff. And and I, I could definitely see him at least grinding his way on onto a roster at some point. What What do you think?
0: Yeah. I, his first two years, I was like, I didn't see it uh, last year. The first, 80% of it. Yeah. I was like, what is, I, I was actually like, what is going on right. with this guy? Cause I thought he was so much better than that. And then he picked it up late in the year and he's been on that ride since. And then you look at him this year and I, I'm like, I have like no doubts he'd make an NBA roster. I don't think he's a future star. I don't think he's a necessary future full-time starter on a good team. Um, but I, I can't imagine he wouldn't make a roster and be around for at least a couple of years. Maybe it's a, a Dan Dickow thing. Um, or maybe it's being, you know, even more than that. Uh Dorsey Dorsey was stuck around for a couple of years. Dylan Brooks has obviously has blossomed to a good role player, but but Dylan, I believe Dylan had a chance from day one just because he was I called him a poor man's Grant Hill. Right. But yeah, no, <laughs> I, I absolutely <laughs> I absolutely believe that uh he uh he's definitely gonna have a, a great chance to make a team. Maybe get drafted in the second round or so.
1: Yeah, and 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 he certainly benefited too from just uh kind of the evolution of the NBA. It's a, it's a more outside game. And I uh, you know, I think people will think that Pritchard is um, you know he he he's not a an elite three point shooter, but he definitely has that in his in his uh, repertoire and his ability to get to the hoop. Those those are the two things that you want in the NBA. This guy, you want a guy who can be able to shoot a three, and you want a guy that can be able to get to the get to the glass. And um he does both those pretty well. Uh, I don't, I don't know how you would be uh, how his uh, defense holds up on on that level, but eh, that's overrated, anyways. Um. <laughs> yeah, who cares about defense?
0: Yeah, that's the thing. That's why he that's why he probably can't start for you because. You know, he's gonna go up against what is he? Is he six he's six, two, six right? Two. He's six two. You know, if he he gets matched up against a six foot four point guard that's way more athletic, he's gonna get just destroyed. But if he's coming off the bench and certain positions and he plays smart ball and distributes it well, and when he's wide open, he knocks down that three, he's gonna make plays. Plus, you know, we can say he's not athletic enough to to hang with NBA point guards, which he isn't in my estimation, but he played for a coach for four years who stressed defense. So at the very least, he's going in with a defensive mindset in place and um, a skill set and a training that's going to help him at least not completely drown, I believe.
1: Well, I, I think that's that's what will keep him in the league longer than like a player like Dorsey. Uh, Dorsey, who rode like a really hot streak in, into the NBA um, and then was out after, what, Dorsey played two seasons? Um, yeah. I mean, Pr- Pritchard, <laughs> Pritchard's got when it's all said and done he's going to have nearly uh nearly 200 bas- college basketball games under under his belt um you know he's he he's seasoned he i, I think he'll be able to, to to catch on pretty quickly um again like you had i don't think he's i don't think he's got starter potential but you know he could be a a, a contributing 6th seventh guy and granted you know this kid's done a pretty good job of proving people wrong throughout his career too so um yeah. I, I i wouldn't bet against him here
0: <laughs> agreed
1: who do you got for the Super Bowl? <sighs> you're you're the, you're our resident NFL expert here. Um, you've you've made me thousands um, of dollars with your betting tips. This, wait, never mind. No, you haven't. <laughs> wait, what? What's <where's> my percentage? <laughs> no. um, uh, I,
0: I'm, I'm leading San Francisco because of their run game and their. Defense and that they have the type of pass rush that could make life at least uncomfortable for Mahomes. And if you look back at Super Bowl history, the quarterbacks that have gone into the Super Bowl <clears throat> with this, you know, with these high-powered offenses where they throw it all over the place have not done well for the most part. Marino in 84 set the NFL record 5,000 yards, 48 touchdowns, 49 has destroyed him. Uh Brady, they went undefeated. He, he set records that year, passing with Randy Moss and Welker, went in the Super Bowl, and Giants four-man pass rush, covered with seven, held him to 14 points. It was crazy. They, I think they averaged 37 to 36 a game that year, whatever, held the 14 in the Super Bowl. Um, just recently, uh, not well, six or seven years ago now, uh, Peyton Manning set the record for touchdown passes with 55 uh, for that Denver team. Went into New York to play the Seahawks and got completely hammered. They got they got made to look like an FCS school against Oregon. It was crazy, and they scored more points than anyone in history. Um, now you can go to the greatest show on turf, the, the Rams. They they produced in the Super Bowl, but offensively they got shut down by the Titans pretty much compared to what they did in the regular season. They won the game though, so it's like you look at it on paper like this is the type of game where the defensive team rises up and smacks the offensive team after two. Weeks of preparation, and that's what history has taught us. So I'm going to roll with San Francisco.
1: That uh, that 13 Seahawks win is one of the crazier Super Bowls I remember. Just because I don't remember anything other, anything from it other than like the the first fumble safety because like it was just this this big the snap yeah sets. it was just this big it's this big anticipated yeah. matchup you got you got Peyton Manning come in here after this crazy season this this high powered Denver offense and then the Seahawks just whooped him. like i i don't remember like any plays from that game other than just like oh man this is after the first i mean it was done after the first quarter wasn't it
0: it was i was so i was so mad i was so looking forward to that game i was i, I was covering that game I was so looking forward to it, and I'm just like sitting there in the first quarter, early second quarter. I'm like, it's freezing too. I had auxiliary seating, so I wasn't in the press box. It was cold, and I was just like, this is some BS, man. <laughs> I was mad at the, I was mad to be in the Super Bowl. I was like, Peyton, you suck. Um, but what, what was crazy too is it's not like like Seattle's defense. Obviously, it's really good. It's one of the best defenses, legions of boob ever. Blah blah blah. But they barely made it to the Super Bowl. They they Kaepernick put up a fight with the 49ers, and if it wasn't that tip pass. San Francisco would have been in that Super Bowl. So it's not like... They had been just sm- squishing opposing offenses like my 85 Bears did when they shut out two teams on the way to the Super Bowl. And to do that to Denver, like Denver just didn't show up. And I, I think there was, a, there was a moment in that game where Wes Welker wearing one of those little shallow crosses or something, and, and Cam Chancellor just laid him out. And I think they just were like, you know what? These guys are coming to hit. We don't want any parts of this. They kind of
1: they
0: <laughs> quit. I hate to use the word quit for pro athletes, but that, that
1: team quit. It was such a crazy result as, as someone like me who's uh, – I, I like the Mariners. I like the Seahawks. Um, fans in the Seattle market haven't ever like haven't ever had a team win a championship really since uh, the Sonics did it back Sonics, back in the seventies, yeah. and so it's like all this build up, and you know, <clears> in, in in your mind, you're imagining it as like, oh, this is going to be this great game, and and maybe we'll have to come from behind and do this and do this and do this, and and then you're just up by like thirty after the first, and it's like, oh man. I'm, it's a letdown, isn't, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. You know, you're, you're expecting yeah, like these. no, it these, is. I, like.
0: <laughs> I experienced the same thing with the 85 Bears. I wanted them to play Miami and Marino because Miami was the only team that had beaten the Bears that year. So I wanted, I want them revenge. I want to squish, you know, squish that damn Marino into the turf. And then they get the Patriots and it's like, like second quarter, I'm like, this is so anticlimactic because- as a fan, you're like waiting so long for your team to win it and it's the grind, and then you get there and it's over second quarter. It had a weird anticlimactic feel to it. Even Walter Payton said that too, because after the game, he was just like, yeah, we won, yay. People were like, what's wrong? Well, it was over, like second quarter. There was no buildup to it. It shouldn't be that easy. And I think the same thing happened with Seattle. And it's funny you expressed that because you expect something, when you want something so bad for your team and it's been such a long climb. Part of the excitement is watching them overcome, and when they don't have to overcome anything, <laughs> it's kind of like, eh, okay, and, the, and then it's just the day. second
1: quarter, and you realize you're still about to spend 50 more dollars at the Buffalo Wild Wings you're at, and it's just exactly, it just <laughs> yeah,
0: you're like, oh, but anyway, that's funny.
1: Well, yeah, it'll be, it'll be, we, we, t- we talked about this a little bit last week, but it'll be fun to watch uh, a, a few former Ducks playing in this game. Uh, I mean, DeForest and Eric. Both play substantial roles on the on the niners um looking to become the first who's the last uh, was joe walker the last duck to win a super bowl or i guess patrick patrick chung thought,
0: yeah chung and no barner well barner was on the uh barner was on that eagles team with walker right right and that was th- uh, two years ago right
1: the patriot and uh, the the yeah, pa- and last patriots year- won it last year i yeah. don't Right, that's your Super Bowl China suck. Well. I'm just hoping for a better game than, than last year's one.
0: Last year's, yeah. And yeah, last year's was, yeah, not only was it, it was like a low scoring blowout. It was 13 3, but it felt like 35 to 10 or something. Uh, but that, that Rams team was loaded with people from the state of Oregon. Um, right. I think they had six guys with Oregon connections, something like that. Oh, yeah, you,
1: you had Johnny Munt on there.
0: Johnny Munt, Troy Hill from Oregon, um, uh, Mannion from Oregon State and Damon Sue from Grand High School and uh Ekubon from Ecubon from uh David Douglas High School and there's one other one I can't remember right now. Uh but they got smashed so it wasn't good for the Oregon connection that day. It wasn't. Uh but, but these are right. two big but these are the two bigger stars that I can think of in a Super Bowl setting. I mean if like, uh, where they are actually there's star power there from Oregon. Yeah, I say.
1: mean if, if you look at DeForest he, he's pac twelve defensive player of the year taken in the first round, right. um, and here for I mean, I mean obviously Bosa is a, a, a beast on that line, but DeForest is just as important of a figure on there. So um, yeah, yeah, that will that, that, certain certainly be cool to watch.
0: I'm pulling for him.
1: All right, what do you got going the rest of the week?
0: So I just spent. A- off and on the last couple of weeks and then really grinding the last two weeks doing this really extensive self-indulgent retrospective on the past 10 years (laughs) of working working football. (laughs) It's, it's kind of crazy. Uh, but I did like, you know, the typical stuff, but I, I did other things too. And there's videos in there and it's, it's, uh, it's kinda of long. I think, um, <laughs> you're, the editor is probably, you're really you really, you're really selling it, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm I'm worried about the editor because he hasn't gotten back to me yet. He's probably like, damn, Fentress, you wrote a novel on this crap. Yeah. Um, but no, if, if you're you know, if you're a duck football fan and you know the past decade was the most uh you know successful ever, I covered the I covered most of it. I think I figured out I covered 101 out of 130 something games, or whatever, something like that. Um, and so I kind of it's just it's just my it's just like a, a, a personal view from someone who covered the decade. Their favorite instances, moments, teams, players, is, uh, um, things is, like is that. Is the
1: headline going to be like "10 Years of Me: colon, A Walk Through the Past Decade" with Aaron Ventures?
0: Actually, my headline right now is "Design of a Decade." Oh God! <laughs> a, a, an, or- an, or- an Oregon writer's self indulgent review of the past years. I don't know if that'll last or not. But I thought "Decade" was kind of cute. Decade, decade, get it?
1: So so that, that humor me yeah. get it yeah i got it I got okay it. thank you. <laughs> okay, so that will be dropping soon uh we, we are a week Today we, tomorrow. we are awake a, uh, a week away from uh signing day so next week we'll be back on here we'll have a, a second signing day break is that next That's week next week baby um who, who else they got coming do we know is there anyone else maybe we'll have to save it for the pod next week aaron this is called the tease that's because you don't know either. This, You're going, oh, this no. is called the tease. This is called the tease, which is smart radio, smart podcasting. We will see you next week on It Never Rains.